Welcome to Paychecks Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Paychecks Thrive. My name is Gene Marks, and I am here with Jot Condi. Jot is the president and CEO of the California Restaurant Association, talking to us from Sacramento. And in fact, Jot, just behind you, there's the Capitol building. You're, there we go. I can see it. I know you guys are listening, but people that are watching this on YouTube can actually see. That's his actual office, which is pretty impressive. Jot, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Gene. Yep, I'm glad that you are here. So first of all, um, you know, when I hear like California Restaurant Association, just to sort of set the table here, like I, that seems like a giant association, you know, like I would think in California, there would be like a San Francisco, a Los Angeles, a Sacramento, but you represent, you know, all the restaurants in the state. Yeah, we, so we represent, there's a, about a little over a hundred thousand restaurants in California. Certainly we represent all of them, but um, our membership is comprised of probably about a quarter of California's restaurants. We're right. the um, the largest um, and oldest state restaurant trade group in the country, founded in uh, 1906 by a, by a restaurateur named Al, um, Al Levy, who uh, okay. lived in Los Angeles um, and uh, got sick and tired of being kicked around by City Hall and gathered about a dozen local restaurant owners and formed what was then the Los Angeles uh, Restaurant Association. And, uh, you know, 100 plus years later, here we are. That's really something. Yeah, it just it does seem like a giant organization. And John, are you like a former restaurateur yourself? Or no, you... uh, I mean, I, I my first you don't job need to was, be, by the way, a, to do my this first job. job was a dishwasher. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, worked uh, some of my first jobs were in the restaurant industry, but um, never um, owned a restaurant. My my background is I um, a, a public policy background. I uh, before before um, this job as the CEO, I was the chief lobbyist for the organization. And prior to joining the restaurant industry about 20 years ago, um, I was um, a lobbyist for the manufacturing sector. So a lot of oil, uh, auto manufacturers, aerospace. So I spent a lot of time in that building there lobbying yeah, the legislature. I believe it. I believe it. A lot of time in Sacramento. Okay. So we're here to talk about Assembly Bill 257 called the Fast Food Accountability and Standards Recovery Act or the FAST Act, which I know that you and your members absolutely love and completely support, right? It's the best thing that's ever happened to the restaurant industry in California. I'm being facetious, obviously. Let me ask you, first of all, too, you need to maintain your emotions here. Yeah. I I need to ask you to just explain what this bill is all about, and then we can talk a little bit about the impact that it has on your on your members. Go okay. ahead. Well, so uh, it is the top priority, apparently, of um, SEIU, which is SEIU International, which is a large uh, two million member uh, union, um, and they have a, a large membership in California. I think probably eight hundred thousand SEIU members in California, and you know certainly they. Um, have an enormous um, influence in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for many years, the SEIU and other unions have uh, attempted to organize the quick service sector of the restaurant industry. And this appears to be sort of part of that plan. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it, it creates, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, e- even for California standards, I mean, I think it's no secret that California is known for enacting um, exotic public policy. Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes those policies uh, mm-hmm. spread to other parts of the country. Um, but this one is pretty extraordinary in that it sort of creates this, um, you know, sectoral regulatory structure for one segment of the restaurant industry and um, essentially gives them and this this council it's appointed by the the legislature and the governor but they are unelected um, and unaccountable sort of um, council members who will have sweeping authority over uh, an entire industry. Let me interrupt you. So just for, for the layman that, that may not be familiar with what this bill is, um, you know, let, let, let's walk through what it is. First of all, it's just targeting the fast food part of the restaurant industry in California. Yes. Um, it is, there's a council is going to be formed of, like you just said, not elected people. And my understanding is that the council, I forget how many members would be, but it was supposed to, how many? Ten. Ten. So I was going to say it would be divided by probably won't be so equal, but there'll be somebody from the political side. There'll be somebody from the industry side and there'll be somebody, you know, theoretically from the employee side as well. And this council will basically whatever they decide to do, you know, to recommend will pretty much be rubber stamped by the government. So that, you know, when when it comes to wages, when it comes to safety or health, you know, and safety, you know, types of things that are needed in the fast food industry. So yeah. have I have I described that relatively correctly? And is there anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, yeah. Except for the rubber stamped part, because you, okay. you would think that there would be some check, uh, you know, mm-hmm. because the, the lawmakers, I mean, um, our elected officials in California uh, are um, are elected to enact, you know, fundamental workplace policy. Um, and that that's a core part of what they do. And they essentially by passing this bill handed that authority over to this, this mm, right. uh, council. Um, and um, so w- whatever the council does, uh, they can usurp um, all rulemaking authority over existing, um, you know, uh, worker protection agencies and departments, you know, regulations, longstanding regulations, they can amend, um, mm. eliminate, pass. Um, and it doesn't, and whatever they vote on, whatever they right. approve as a council, becomes essentially the law of the land. It's pretty unbelievable. It's, it's a huge amount of power over a, a significant industry. Um, do you know, and if you don't, it's fine, but do you know the breakdown of those 10 seats? Like, is it yeah, how so, many are? Um, there, there will be uh, one, rep, one representative of the Department of Industrial Relations, which is sort of the, you know, the, the agency that will house this council. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be two representatives of um, the fat, fast food franchisors, okay. two representatives representing uh, franchisees, okay. two, two representatives representing fast food employees, and then two representatives um, of advocates for workers, um, stated differently, lobbyists for yeah. the unions. Um, and then one representative from the governor's, um, they call it GoBiz, but it's the governor's office of business and economic development. So Got it. you have okay, so eight, let me... eight people, lay people uh, who will be dictating 
workplace policy for an entire sector of the economy. Wait, eight or 10? I thought we said there was well, 10. Well, eight, eight, eight lay people. So you have two government officials in that group of 10. And then the I rest see. are essentially volunteers and you know, advocates. And who, who appoints this? And again, if you don't know, I mean, because this bill was recently passed, so the yeah. details aren't still clear, but who, who will appoint? Like, are you, can you be on this committee? <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, the governor, uh, the governor has the authority to appoint, you know, certainly the representative of the Department of Industrial Relations. And then, of course, uh, a representative of his GoBiz unit. And then, um, you know, the Speaker of the Assembly and the President Pro Tem of the Senate have the ability to appoint some of the, the um, representatives representing the workers. And so it's right. very political and they serve yeah. at the will um, of the governor and the legislature. So if, let's say, they're not doing what, you know, these, you know, elected officials want done, they can replace them. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Very Listen, political. Let me, okay, so let me play devil's advocate, okay? Um, fast food industry is, you know, it's, it's known for high turnover. It's known for relatively lower wages, although in California, it's, you know, most places it's $15 an hour, but you know, is the minimum hourly wage, but you know, relatively has that, has that reputation. And by the way, if you're listening to this or watching this, this conversation isn't just about California. This is, this is something that could easily and probably will spread to other States in the country and could affect your business. So when you think about, um, your workers' rights, there is, there's a lot of advocacy for, you know, better health and safety conditions and, you know, you know, better place for the workers. So, you know, is this, you know, is that such a bad thing? I guess my, my, my question is, you know, is it, is it such a bad thing to have a committee of people that want to, you know, talk about and make sure that this industry is as safe for workers as possible? You know, what are your thoughts? on No, that? it's, it's not a bad thing. It, and, and it's actually a good thing. And I mean, if you look at California uh, for the last 30 to 40 years, has built um, the most robust worker protection and worker welfare laws and regulations in the country, if not the mm. world. Mm. California is, is known for that. And um, multiple agencies and departments that are responsible for overseeing worker protection laws. Um, and so, I mean, if you just look at that, uh, the, the work that's been put into creating this a very robust sort of enforcement regime, um, you know, this, this bill here is an indictment on what the state of California has done for workers over the years. So it just right. pretty much says this, this new council can undo what they've done. So that's sort of a head scratcher that, you know, the legislature would give away an extraordinary um, fundamental obligation that they have as directly elected officials to this um, this unaccountable council um, yeah. to um, enact uh, you know a laws that are already on the books. I mean, California is known for that. I, I guess the other thing is that they've also identified a sector of the restaurant industry, um, a sector of the economy mm. that is probably one of the better actors if you sort of look at enforcement data and penalties. Um, the, the quick service or fast food sector of the restaurant industry in California account, accounts for only 1.6% of the violations in the last five years. So they are good actors. And so the premise of this bill, you know, that there needs to be, right, an extra layer of this sort of outsourcing of, you know, um, authority over this sector of the economy 
they're they're picking the wrong sector of the economy. Right, right. Um, it's excellent points. It's excellent points. Um, let's talk about wages. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the um, minimum wage. I think California's minimum wage is fifteen dollars an hour. Correct. The it's it's fifteen dollars an hour. It will go January one. It'll go to fifteen fifty. The governor, the the state law says if the um, uh, if inflation goes over a certain benchmark, right. that the governor has to jump it. So January one, fifteen fifty. But however, this bill, this Fast Act, um, can enable this industry to actually have a higher minimum wage than that $15 an hour, as much as I think like $22 an hour people are talking about. Can, yeah. can you explain that? Yeah, so it gives them, so, you know, and I, I guess I should say also that, you know, the law is um, uh, slated to take effect January 1, but there is an ongoing effort right now to referend this, to put this before the voters. Right. Uh, and there's an effort to collect signatures and the deadline to turn those million signatures roughly a million signatures that will need to be turned in by December 5. And I think that will happen. If that happens, then this this law is put on pause until it appears before the voters in in 2024, November of 2024. Okay. So, but let's say it takes effect uh, January 1. Um, This council will will need to um, sort of do an assessment of the working conditions in the industry. And they do have the authority to raise the minimum wage up to $22 an hour starting January, uh, January of 2023. So mm. in, in several months. Um, so they do have that authority. And many, um, many of the franchise operators or the fast food operators of the industry are worried that that is going to happen. Um, at, you know, at, at some point it might not happen immediately, but inevitably, um, and therefore, some of them are, are saying that's going to push our costs out of control. And ultimately, it's going to be the consumers yes. that pay, right? Because these people, you know, you know, Hardee's and In-N-Out Burger and uh, McDonald's and Burger, they're not going to go out of business, these people. They're not just going to shut their doors. They're just going to pass these costs down to consumers. So is that what you expect to happen as well? Absolutely. In fact, we had um, um, a, a, an economic analysis done by Beacon Economics and um, this was several months ago. And essentially their findings were that in, you know, for this category of restaurants, the, the, the cost of a meal would go up approximately 20%. Okay. Um, and we've done some research uh, with Californians and voters, and you talk to them about the impacts here. Um, they're not supportive of this policy. I think they kind of look at it as like, it's a little crazy. Right, right. So, Chad, do you, I mean, listen, you know, you represent the industry, um, you know, the, the industry's pros, you know, the challenge that they're dealing with as well. Um, you know, if you, if, if you were asked to come up with a, a better solution to something like this, even starting at the drawing board, what, what would you say? I mean, what, what, you know, do you think a solution is needed or if, and one is, tell me, tell me what you think. I don't, I, I well, so since it's sort of like a, a solution in search of a problem, is that sort of mm-hmm. feels like given they're, um, they're targeting uh, one of the better performers as it relates to labor law compliance in California. Right. Um, you know, the, and, and there's been a number of, um, you know, uh, suggestions by many in the, um, you know, the labor community that, you know, California has a backlog of, um, you know, penalties and back wages for employees who've been wronged. 
uh, and and this th therefore is the answer to that. Well, the answer is the laws on the books and the protection standards that exist today for California's workers are second to none. Um, the, the problem is that the state uh, needs to fill those positions and enforce the laws that are on the books. Um, and, you know, the state is having challenges finding enough people to, you know, fill a lot of these vacancies. But that's the answer. The answer is fully fund these departments and, and aggressively hire and, and perhaps provide better pay for these state workers, you know, because they're competing with jobs in the Silicon Valley. So the state sure. needs to, to look at that, but, but to entice people to come work for the state in some of these important jobs. That's the answer. It's not creating a new mousetrap that will turn on its head the existing um, worker protection structure in, in California. Because the, the, the fact is that if this law were to take hold, um, it, it would be only a matter of time before this sort of sectoral regulating structure would expand to other sectors of the economy. I mean, certainly any kind of business that is franchised, restaurants or dry cleaners or mailboxes, et cetera, whatever, will likely be you know, in the crosshairs of an expansion here. And then you can just go into the retail sector and, you know, uh, many other sectors of the economy are likely um, next. You're going, this will probably air, this is going to air after, um, you know, after you go to this meeting, but you told me next week you're going to be going to the um, Council of State Retirement Associations. Council uh, of State you, Restaurant Association. Sorry, Restaurant Associations. My God, see, I'm already, I'm 57 years old. That's what's on my mind right <laughs> <You're> now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So Council of State Restaurant Associations, of course, uh, which is an association of, of associations. These are all like your like-minded people. You know, you have the Utah Restaurant Association, Pennsylvania Restaurant Association, all of that. Um, and you're going to be talking to them, um, you know, and reporting to them on what's going on in California. What are you going to say? What, what red flags are you going to raise? Uh, beware. Um, you know, watch, watch uh, how this unfolded uh, and is an unfolding uh, in California. Um, you know, sort of learn some of the lessons that we learned through the, the process as this bill was being um, sort of punched through the legislature by the unions um, and, you know, uh, engage now. Um, start engaging your lawmakers and educating them um, about the, the potential damage a law like this could do. I mean, I, I read in the newspaper a few weeks ago, um, I think there was an interview with Mary Kay Henry, who is the, the president of SEIU International, and she, she suggested that, um, that Illinois and New York were next. So I don't know if that's part of their plan, but I mean, you naturally you look at states like Washington and Oregon, you know, here on the left coast that are um, very much like California in terms of the, the political sort of environment, the worldview of the voters. And so uh, I could see something like this spreading to, to those states. Chad Condi is the president and chief executive officer of the California Restaurant Association, not the California Retirement Association. <laughs> I want to be yeah. completely clear on that. The California Restaurant Association. Chad, it's a great conversation. We're going to be following this very closely. I'm going to be writing about this more as well. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting development. I hope it does go to referendum, as what you're hoping as well. Yeah. And uh, you seem fairly confident that, that it will. You think you'll get enough signatures? It, it, um, uh, we're not. Um, it, it is a campaign being um, 
you know, essentially the leaders in this effort are the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, mm-hmm. the National Restaurant Association, the International Franchise Association. Um, and, you know, I think they these are national organizations yeah. that see that if this isn't stopped in California, it, it can spread. Um, my, my what what I hear is that they are likely to get those signatures and qualify this in time. It's a high risk, high reward proposition. Because uh, I will tell you that the lawmakers that voted for this bill, you know, California has a supermajority uh, of Democrats in both houses. Mm-hmm. This barely passed. It passed by the bare minimum votes needed. So you have 19 Democrats in the Assembly and not, um, nine Democrats in the Senate mm-hmm. that voted to, that didn't vote for this. So there's mm-hmm. some bipartisan opposition here, um, and. And I think the voters, when when they get a chance to sort of uh, decide on this, may send a message to the lawmakers that they got this wrong. Um, on the other hand, if the voters um, affirm this this law, um, I, I think that sort of green lights for our legislature that now the voters support this policy, even though you are uncomfortable with giving away a fundamental authority of yours. Now you've got the green light to expand it. And I think that also sends a message to you know, other other interests in other states that um, this thing's ready for prime time, uh, which is why it's so important that, you know, we educate the voters on the damage this will do. Jock Condi is president and CEO of the California Restaurant Association. Jock, thank you so much for joining me. That was very informative and educational. My name is G. Marks. You guys have been listening to the Paychecks Thrive podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2022, all rights reserved.